welcome back to It's a Fan's World. I am one of your co-hosts, Maria, but I am not alone today. As usual, I am joined by my co-host, Kelly. Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well today. Doing great. How are you, Kelly? Um, I can't complain. What about you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's, it's another day. It's another day. But we're here. We're not alone. We have another guest on our episode. If you listen to our Mandalorian episode, he joined us, but now he's switched gears and he's come over from a galaxy far, far away. And he's here to be another armchair expert on this episode. It's our friend Dave. How are you, Dave? I'm doing good. Armchair expert? I wouldn't go that far. Just, I like a couple of movies here and there. Ah, you're you're for for our purposes you are an armchair expert because your your knowledge lies in different realms on this topic than mine and Kelly's does. Agreed. And the bar pretty high for me. I'm not sure if I can mount up to that. So <laughs> we'll find out. Also, I'm surprised you got, you, you got this. I'm surprised you didn't give a weather update. Kelly, you meant that's it. We broke tradition. It's a fourth episode and we broke tradition. I need a weather update, Kelly. Well, it's kind of dark right now, a little cloudy, but it's not raining for once. And usually we do our podcast on a day that rains, so I'll take it. Does, does that mean this is bad luck because it's not raining? Although it rained. No, it didn't rain yesterday. I don't know. Trouble. Hopefully everything will go fine. It'll be fine. There's your it's weather about update. How you- but it's all about the perception it's all about yes, how you perceive exactly. it but yes there's your weather update it's a little dark it's chilly it's a chilly november evening here in new england so we're just rolling with it but yes so as i said welcome back to dave kelly and all of you out there we uh we loved having you, Dave and Derek, as well. Derek could not be here with us, but we loved having you both on the Mandalorian episode. So we thought we would have you back for our episode today, which our episode we are talking about Captain America. I just want to say that some of the some of the projections some of the predictions we made for the episode have already come true, and I'm just really excited. So if you want predictions yes. for for season two of the Mandalorian. Make sure you check out the last episode of It's a Fan's World. Yes. If you are a fan of the Mandalorian series, whether it's you've been watching it from the beginning or you just picked it up now so you could get into the second season. Once you have finished the first season, head over to episode number three of It's a Fan's World and check out our Mandalorian episode. It's well worth it. We had a good time with that one. All right, but so, as I said, today we're shifting gears, we're leaving um, Disney, the Disney content and Star Wars content behind, and we're shifting gears to Marvel. So, one of the things that Kelly and I were talking about when we were conceiving this show is we didn't want to just stick to one content subject topic. We, because we ourselves are huge fans of multiple fandoms. So that's how the title, It's a Fan's World, came to be the one that we selected because we wanted a title that would allow us to talk about multiple fandoms and multiple platforms. So we've kind of come up with a four episode content rotation. So there's always going to be something animated, whether it's Disney or another company, then something live action. Sometimes it's a Disney 
live action movie. Other times it'll it's not. Uh, I know there will be a Back to the Future episode just because I am a big Back to the Future fan. Uh, then third content area in the rotation is something Star Wars. And then the fourth one is something Marvel. And that's where we've landed today. And uh, me being the queen of all puns, it is November. And in November, there is a holiday in America that is a an American holiday solely. It's Thanksgiving. So that's why we're talking about Captain America. Yep, I did that. But also, too, also too Veterans Day. Everybody forgets about the poor vets. And I was like, Veterans Day? I forgot that Veterans Day is in November. I always think it's in May, but it's in November. And I actually saw on Facebook, I saw a Marvel post that, that uh, depicted Captain America. And it's a thank you to our vets. And I, I agreed. So even more perfect that we chose Captain America for our not only our first Marvel episode, but our November episode. So thank you to all our vets out there in honor of November and Veterans Day. We appreciate what you do. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. So, all right. So there is your housekeeping. Let's jump in. Let's jump into Captain America. So before we get started, um, just a fair warning also, if you are in the middle of any MCU stuff, this is a spoiler. There's, it's a free for all on this episode. And uh, actually, this is not the housekeeping stuff is not over. Um, how as when we were thinking about this show, we wanted it to be more than just movie reviews or show reviews, which up until now it is something that Kelly and I have kind of done and stuck to was either television reviews or movie reviews. This episode, we're going to try something new. We thought about focusing on just the MCU, but when it comes to Marvel, there's so, so much that lies outside of the MCU that we thought it would be fun to just have a general Captain America conversation that spans comics, MCU, uh, other television specials, animated specials, video games, and that is why we also have a guest, our armchair expert, because He's a pretty big Cap fan. I'm pretty sure Dave is a pretty big Cap fan. So he's here to add to our realms of knowledge. I mean, the tattoo on my right arm would say so. I That's <laughs> what I was thinking when I said that. I'm like, he's got the shield tattoo. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a, a big fan. So, um, so yes. So this is not going to necessarily be just about the MCU, but spoilers if you are in the middle of anything in the MCU and you don't know who Captain America is or this is your first time, fair warning. Okay, so just some quick background facts to get everybody up to speed if you weren't already. Captain America was born Stephen Grant Rogers on July 4th, 1918. His place of origin was in Manhattan in New York City. And all of this information is per the Marvel website. He's been on his own since both his parents died when he was 18. During World War II, he tried to enlist in the army multiple times because he wanted to fight for his country, but he was rejected due to his small size and weak physical attributes. He was 98 pounds and suffered from multiple ailments. However, a scientist by the name of Dr. Erskine 
who was a government scientist, was not interested in his physical abilities, but he was interested in his heart and his mind and who Steve Rogers was as a person. Thus, he was recruited to Project Rebirth, where Erskine was working on a super soldier serum, which would transform Steve physically. But however, due to the effects that the serum would have on Steve, Erskine needed to make sure that the person who underwent the serum's transformation was a person with a good heart because the serum amplifies what is on the inside of a person to the outside. So if you're a nasty person, it uh, it could lead to that and have a damaging effect. Go ahead, Kelly. I, I see you want to jump in. I just wanted to add something to that. Um, one of the quotes taken from Captain America, the first Avenger, I just felt it perfectly and calculate and yeah, can't even speak today. It just perfectly describes his reasoning on why he picked Steve Rogers. And he says, this is why you were chosen because a strong man who has known power all his life may lose respect for that power. But a weak man knows the value of strength and knows compassion. And I think as we go through these movies, TV shows and video games, the one thing that doesn't really change for Cap is his character, Steve Rogers' character, his strength of spirit, his tenacity, and his compassion, his kindness, and how he fights not for the glory, but for freedom for the people. And I just, I think that's one of the things that makes him a hero that gives him his popularity and is what has made him last so long in this universe. I, I agree. I think that contributes to his overall appeal at, at the broadest level. And um, not to tip my hand at the beginning of our conversation, but he is my favorite Marvel character. And those are one of the reasons why. Uh, how about you, Dave? Before we go ahead, do you have anything you wanted to add? Everyone, everyone just thinks of Captain America's strength. I often think of his cunning. He's not a big guy, so he's had to be quick on his toes, quick on his feet. And that's, what I think, one of his primary attributes that often gets overlooked over his strength. He's not just a strong guy. He's pretty quick, and he's pretty—he's humble about his quickness, too. So that's—the strength is a big factor, but it only adds to the quickness and the cunning that he already had to begin with. I agree. It gets downplayed his— He's not the smartest by any means, but you're right. He is very cunning, and he's— it gets downplayed, and he kind of gets upplayed for his strength, but he is a very smart and a very kind, compassionate person. And even that emotional intelligence that he carries, that gets un downplayed as well. But yeah, so we will, we will get back to that, but just some more background and stats on our Captain America uh, the transformation process transforms him from ninety from a ninety eight pound weak link to a six two two hundred and forty pound badass. His lists of enhancements after the serum are superhuman agility, superhuman strength, superhuman durability, superhuman reflexes, and superhuman strength. According to Marvel.com, the in the comic book profile section. His stats are he gets a three for durability. I'm not sure out of what it doesn't say. It's kind of the, the visual is rings and the rings are filled based on the number that he's given. So unfortunately, 
I don't know what the three is out of, but he get he gets a three for durability, a one for energy, a six for fighting skills, a three for intelligence, a two for speed, and a three for strength. I disagree with some of those numbers, but I'll go with it. We'll get there. We'll get there. I, I agree with that. So if we're talking about Cap, you can't talk about Cap without talking about his shield. One of Cap, so Thor has his hammer. Cap has his shield. Cap has this concave disc shield uh, that is made out of vibranium. Vibranium is the strongest metal on Earth, and it is said to be nearly or indestructible, if not nearly indestructible. The shield has taken different shapes throughout the evolution, but its most recent is the uh, formerly mentioned, which is the concave disc. He uses it like a frisbee or a boomerang, and it is, it's essentially an extension of himself when he's fighting. So something I didn't know before this was that Bucky was his sidekick in the original comic books, and he fought along not only with the Howling Commandos, but uh, with Bucky as well, that Bucky was his sidekick. So that's, uh, that's something that's pretty interesting and different from the MCU. I mean, you could kind of call Bucky his sidekick in the MCU, but I feel like that's a stretch. Um, the character itself was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. His significant and others throughout Steve Rogers' life are Peggy Carter and Sharon Carter, who Sharon is actually the niece of Peggy Carter, and uh, we'll get to that later. The issue in which Captain America debuted was in March 1941 in Captain America Volume 1. At the time, the comic book company that put out Captain America Volume 1 was timely com time Lee Comics, eh, can't talk, which a 19-year-old Stan Lee was an intern at, and he had a job sharpening pencils. In 1950, Timely Comics became Atlas Comics, which would then be overturned again and become Marvel Comics, which is what it is today. And then in 2009, Disney bought Marvel Comics. And their bid to, to begin their takeover of the world. And again, they were kind of already doing it before. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk bad about the mouse on this episode. <laughs> the mouse knows all. We speak kindly about the mouse. Anyway. So, what's up, Dave? Uh, I'm just mocking <laughs> uh, the house of mouse. Gotcha. About it. We, speak, we speak kindly about the mouse. Okay, so now that I have thrown all of that verbal vomit out there as a quick background on Captain America, I always like to, one of the things that I like to do on this show is I like to talk about memories and the, you know, if we're talking about a movie, the first time you saw the movie or the first time, for this one, it's going to be the first time you came across the character of Captain America. So guess first, Dave. Would you be willing to share your thoughts on the first time you came across the character of Captain America? Mind. Um, so, believe it or not, Captain America is not my introduction to the Marvel Universe. Thor is. Um, so, I think I watched Captain America like right before Avengers Assemble came out or something along those lines. Um, and what 
caught me, not off guard, um, but what caught me was, you know, when you think Captain America, you think that that brute, you know, that big, strong, oh, I'm strong guy that is in our heads. And in the movie, he's projected as being that weakling. So the starting, the starting phases and how he knew he wasn't the strongest. He knew he wasn't going to outbeat anyone if he got ganged up on. But he never gave up and he kept fighting, you know, and that's and that's when Bucky walks in, like, you know, and comes to the rescue, which is funny to say. Um, but that stuck out to me because you have this little you have this little peanut guy um, who is patriotic, somewhat to a fault in the beginning of, you know, during World War Two and all this other stuff. And he wants to do everything he can. To do what's best for what he thinks is best. And then the whole grenade scene, right? So it just shows that no matter what, he wants others to be protected before himself. And that, again, sometimes heroes, when they're presented to us, they do it for themselves first, and then others later. That's their arc. His arc is already others first, and then myself. So that's that was the, the first memory. was like, hey, he actually, he is this, and that arc stays the same even throughout the entire saga, or wherever we see Captain America and it's others first and then myself. I agree. And I, I love that, that grenade scene. I remember when I, the first time I went to go see Captain America, the first Avenger in the theaters, when they, they showed that grenade scene, when he jumps on it, it kind of cemented my love at that point for that character. Cause that, like you, like you said, David, such a selfish action action. He's in training and, Actually, he's not even in training. It's still the selection process. And he jumps on a grenade. Like, Dave, everybody doesn't care about himself. But enough from me. Kelly, what is your first memory of Captain America? So I'd have to say I did hear about him beforehand. But my introduction to the Marvel Universe was back when I was a youngin. You know, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man back in the day. And then um, I've, I've heard of him, but really the first Avenger was where I got to know and eventually fall in love with this character. So, yeah, that was that was basically it for me. Okay. Um, for myself, I actually had heard of him before the MCU version of Captain America, first Avenger. I So my first introduction to the Marvel Universe was Spider-Man, but it was particularly in the 90s. It came out in 1994, but I definitely was not watching it in 1994. This is probably like late 90s, very early 2000s. It was called Spider-Man. It was just the Spider-Man show, and it's an animated series from 1994. And in one of the story arcs, the Six Forgotten Warriors, that's the name of the story arc. There's a multiple episode storyline where Peter Parker is looking into his past and he is trying to find information about his parents. And he comes across the Six Forgotten Warriors. And Captain America is the leader of the Six, Six Forgotten Warriors. And they have to rescue Captain America from this time warp or this time loop where he and Red Skull are stuck fighting each other and what drew me then so this is probably late elementary early middle school for me and at the time we were just like 
starting to cover like actual history stuff in class and i must have we must have covered something from world war ii because i had enough uh i had enough brain cells and enough knowledge when they talked about captain america and the fact that he was a world war ii hero i was like wait wait you can do that. You can you can reference real life in comic books. So the fact that he was basically historical fiction, to me as a child, that was the coolest thing. And that was how I immediately shifted from loving Spider-Man to loving Captain America. And then from there, my love affair with Cap grew. So you became a history student? You know, I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder if it's <laughs> if it's all due to Cap. But no, it's. Uh, I guess you could say the history student was always inside the pop culture nerd. I like the way you so, put yeah. that, and I agree. Yeah, yeah. That for me, that was how I came across the Captain. So that was my. If you haven't checked out the Spider-Man series from 1994, side note, it's on Disney Plus. It's fan. Fantastic. But moving forward. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start off. We, we kind of gave a little bit about him already, but to get the full origin story out of the way, which you already know, um, once he was transformed into the super soldier, he goes off and joins the war with Bucky as his sidekick, and he fights alongside the Howling Commandos. Um, he does a bunch of stuff, but because we can't cover everything there is, and that's another thing, there is so much about Captain America. This episode is bound to miss something. We are going to try to talk about as much as we can, but if we were to cover every single thing in every multiverse, <laughs> we'd be here. We'd be here all year, probably all decade. But you know. We're gonna we're gonna try, but uh, the main thing I want to take away from the origin story that is extremely important is he ends up having to crash a ship. After does he defeat Red Skull in the in the comic books in his origin story as well as the movie? Oh wow, my co-hosts look puzzled. <laughs> I want to say he does. Um, Same, but give but me a the- moment. Give me a moment, I can find out. All right, while we're fact-checking that, um, the whole point of this is that he ends up crashing a plane into ice. That's something that happens in the movie as well as in the comic books. It's pretty universal across his story, which leads to him being frozen, and he wakes up in the 21st century as, as he was when he went into the ice, but now he is a man out of time. So he's no longer in his own time period. He's now plopped right into the 21st century where he has to learn how to be a real person. So they're still fact checking. I can see them there. Their heads are bobbing back and forth. So Kelly, why don't you tell us about the Centennials of Liberty? Because I have been yapping quite a bit. No, I love it. And you're not yapping. I, while researching, because I've learned a great deal while doing this, and I still feel like I don't even know the half of it. um, It was really interesting. I know um, we had mentioned um, 
the character of Captain America was created by Jack Kirby and Joe Simon back in the timely comics days in the golden age of comics um, in 1941 during World War II. Um, the Sentinels of Liberty were a fan club created after the first issue was released and members of this club were granted a membership card as well as a metal badge. And what I found really cool was they even had a little antidote saying the this metal badge later had to be discontinued because of wartime metal rationing. And it's just it's just incredible to think, you know, this comic book was it's like what you said, Maria. It's like when you realize, you know, they're referencing real life events in the comic. And it was just it's really cool for me. So, yeah, like while during World War Two, and I believe it was March when the first comic was released. And then, you know, you had Pearl Harbor later that year. and it had just gained so much popularity and just was heavily influenced. And it's just very interesting for me. I was surprised to read that. I had never heard about the Centennials of Liberty. And I think that's just really cool. It was the mm. original Mickey Mouse Club. Before Mickey Mouse <laughs> yeah. Club. Um, and essentially, uh, I just think that's really cool. and. There was something, there's a quote when you said it was cool how they could do like like pop culture and like real world influencing each other. There's a great quote that I am about to butcher. And it's it's something like art imitates life or life imitates art. It's someone out there is gonna have it, but that's that's there's a quote like that to that degree. And I think comic books, especially the Marvel Universe, does a great job with that where art imitates life because they draw heavily, especially in the Captain America arc with World War II and Absolutely. historical fiction, what they what they do with it. And even like, I don't want to get too far away from Captain America, but as far as Peter Parker goes with his parents being um, covert spies during the Cold War era, depending on how far you dive deep down the Spider-Man rabbit hole, there's a lot of historical fiction and like crossovers that happen there. Okay, so yes, getting back to Cap. How's that fact check coming, Dave? On marvel.fandom.com, um, you do the wiki Red Skull in Earth 1610, um, Red Skull, Red Skull does not die. Um, Cap dies, supposedly, but not Red Skull. However, Peggy and Cap have a son. And in 1963, the son goes out and finds Red Skull. Actually, hold on, wait. Actually, hold on. Let me rephrase my... That sounds cool. Let me rephrase my statement because I just totally goofed that up. However, Roger's son had carefully planned his escape in biding his time in 63 at age 17. The unnamed son killed all the doctors and soldiers at his facility. He also used a kitchen knife to carve his flesh in, uh, from his head and literally became the Red Skull. So, and then goes on to, and then goes on to kill JFK. So, in, um, wow, in Earth... really quickly. <laughs> so, in Earth... And then he has alliances to Pol Pot and uh, ID, uh, IDMN, which for us history, history nerds, we both know who those, who those guys are. Um, but so it looks like in a certain universe, 
Steve's own son becomes the Red Skull. So in our mm. in our Disney universe, Red Skull goes off somewhere else, and we won't spoil um, Endgame or um, the movie beforehand. Escaping my brain, and I feel really bad about it. Infinity War. So we won't Infinity reveal what War. happens. Infinity War. We we won't reveal what happens to Red Skull, but in this universe, Red Skull is Roger's son. Oh, that's really that's a neat little twist. I like that. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll go with for intensive purposes that in the first comic book, Red Skull is killed. Uh, allies. He has a bunch of allies, but some of the ones that Marvel.com specifically calls mention into are are Falcon. Spider-Man, Peggy Carter, Sharon Carter, Howard Stark, Hawkeye, and now here's a few I have never heard of. Battlestar, Nomad, I've heard of John Jameson and Diamondback. And again, this just is a testament to, as we've said, how expansive the Marvel universe is that there are, there's so many characters, I, I've never heard of any of those, how have Either of you ever heard of any of these guys? I faintly heard of John Jameson, so I'm in the same boat as you, but I haven't. I'm not familiar with Battlestar Nomad or Diamondback. I and I guarantee you, we know John Jameson from the same. Place. Oh, Nomad! I thought it was Wolverine because in the Wolverine comic oh. series, um, Wolverine does go by a different name, but it's not. It's it's not Wolverine. It's it is an an actual different superhero. So I thought the names were aliases for other people, but that's hmm. not the case in this one. Okay. Okay, cool. So those are just some of the allies. Some of the other allies, obviously, that um, Marvel.com does not call attention to are the Avengers, Tony Stark, Black Widow, Thor, Hulk, Black Panther. And actually, when we when we talk about cartoons... There is a whole season of Avengers Assemble. I believe it's Avengers Assemble where the Avengers are kind of reimagined and Black Panther is part of the Avengers in that season, like a full-on member of the Avengers, and he actually ends up breaking away from the Avengers and him and Captain America form the secret Avengers and that season is pretty much based out of Wakanda. And that season of that show, it's the last season, and that is really cool. And you get a lot of great Captain America and T'Challa moments. And you realize how similar those two characters are, especially, or at least for the purposes of that show. But even in the MCU and the movies, you do get Cap and T'Challa kind of bouncing off of each other. and. I feel like those characters are very similar, personality-wise. Definitely agree. Okay. And then uh, to recenter, which we're going to have to do a lot this episode. To recenter, um, as there are allies, there are plenty of enemies. But again, the few enemies that Marvel calls attention to, so we'll focus on those, are Anticap, Armenzola. Baron Blood, Baron Strucker, 
Baron Zemo. Well, there are two Baron Zemos, so I believe they're father and son. One of them is Heinrich Zemo, and then the other one is Helmut Zemo. And then there's Modok, which I just think Modok is so creepy. It's the giant head thing. He's a giant floating head. Um, Anti-Cap. Dave, why don't you tell us about Anti-Cap? Depending on where you look, depends on the information you get about Anti-Cap. So, from Marvel.com, for his bio, um, it talks about how um, the reason why... So, he did... So, in the Fandom.com, which is where he gets dicey, so the fan.com it does mention a little bit more than marvel.com. So marvel.com says that um, at age 13 his girlfriend was killed in an attack on the US which makes him hate terrorism. And then in the fandom.com his girlfriend was at the Oklahoma FBI building when it got bombed by McVie in the 80s. So there's some of that mm. and then the Navy creates their own version of Captain America, but without the serum. So they want to mock the Army's version of it. So the Navy creates their own serum called AVX. And they insert that into the Anticap. And Anticap's mission is to fight off terrorism. So he goes off to, I was reading... Places in the Middle East that support terrorism, kills off, and he becomes an assassin. So it's kind of like Bucky and Cap put together. If you want to think about that way, how the Soviets mm -hmm. used Bucky to do all their dirty work with the morale and Captain America's morale or like his leadership style, and that's anti cap. So anti cap is used to really just clean up the government's mess, which is a lot of the time. Um, <clears throat> He does get arrested um, by Falcon and Cap after a daring plan, but then Falcon frees him. And Falcon uses Anti-Cap for his own agenda until Murdoch attacks and frees Anti-Cap. So, mm -hmm. and then Anti-Cap's on his own, still doing the hunting terrorist thing until Captain America, the real Captain America and Anti-Cap meet in France. And then instead of getting captured, Anti-Cap jumps in front of a truck. So. That's really interesting. It is because it's a different point. It's like if Captain America went Hydra, which he does in one comic, in one comic book series. Um, but this is, so I guess this cap is meant to be the war on terror cap. Which is interesting because mm -hmm. the war on terror cap is that ends with the World War II cap. Mm. So if you want to dig deeper, it kind of reflects how society, American society is sort of ripped apart. But I was, I, I was, I was, yeah. No, yeah, we're <laughs> gonna, we're, we'll leave that out, but the historians in us are coming through. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when you, when you had mentioned Hydra, when I had heard anti-cap, I thought anti-cap and the, Captain and the version of Captain America where he fights for Hydra. I always thought that was the same because I know there's, as of really recently, I know there's a series where Captain America works for Hydra 
And I always thought that was anti-cap, but I guess anti-cap is a completely different thing from hydrocap. And from the Marvel uh, fandom page, Wiki, they are two totally different things. So that Captain America is that Captain America. The anti-cap, from the looks of it, um, has a shield, looks like a a red shield, but he's toting around some machine guns, and he looks like a Punisher. He, so his costume is a Punisher, ah. Captain America, Matt, like mixed together, and mm-hmm. instead of the Captain America that we think of, where Cap with his shield and maybe a uh, 1911 with some rounds. So. Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Harmon Zola. I feel like I've heard. Armin Zola. And I think Armin Zola, he gets a lot of airtime in one of the cartoon shows. It's either Avengers Assemble or Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. But you see Cap go a couple of rounds with Armin Zola in that one. I've never heard of Baron Blood. Have either of you ever heard of Baron Blood? I've heard of the name, but I honestly, I'm very bad. I can't recall the story or where I heard it from. Okay. Uh, Strucker, Baron, so Baron Strucker. Strucker is actually in Age of Ultron. In the beginning of Age of Ultron, they're trying to infiltrate Strucker's lab. And in that, in the MCU universe, Strucker is credited with the creation of Wanda and Pietro Maximoff. It's important to mention. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's not really important to mention because we're talking about Cap, but I'd like, I just like to like, Tuck in there that um, Strucker, the Strucker family is actually really big in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. If you haven't watched that, watch it because a lot of the movies and lore seep into that show. But um, yeah, there are big characters in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Huh. How about you, Dave? Pulled up the uh, Marvel.com on them and it's really juicy. So Strucker actually <laughs> created Hydra. Oh. Yeah. So Hydra, Hydra is also wicked old. Yes. He fought in the Franco-Prussian War. Um, oh. He was in the Nazi Party. Um, and was called the Shadow King. Um, and that's a whole other English line thing that I'm not going to get into right here. Um, so it is. It's literally Cap's perfect enemy. It's it's Nazis, it's anti-America. Um, and it looks like... Um, not this Baron, but another... But his father fought against Nick Fury. Also. So that's... Okay. So that's that's the Baron right there. And it looks like he's, he's Red Skull's second-in-command. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so he's under the red. No, 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 you're fine. So he's under the red skull. Yes. So red skull. So if we're thinking in the context of the movies, um, how red skull was originally, um, the head of that science division, he would have been the second in command in case anything happened to red skull. Okay. Okay. Now Baron Strucker, 
Is this the same? Is is he? I don't know whether it wouldn't be in the movies. It would be in the comic books. But is he the person who created Wolverine? Or as far as X two, have you ever seen X two? Um, I think I I know what you're referencing. Um, I'm not seeing okay. anything. Oh wait, I might be taking that back. Wait one. Uh huh. I always wondered, I'm like, is this the same person, or is my brain crossing wires? Avoiding prosecution for war crimes, Baron Strucker had his scientists prove him, provide him with age retardant serum so he could possibly, um, so he could personally oversee Hydra's progress for decades to come. He and the Baroness, Von Krupp, uh, once captured the CIA's Agent 10, Strucker's old enemy, Logan, but Logan was rescued by CIA agents Richard and Mary Parker. Oh! Mm. Full circle. See, and this is why we could be here forever, because it's <laughs> all beautiful, and it just leads into... One, one character's background leads into another character's background, and I think that is what they were hinting at in the Spider-Man show where I saw Captain America was that either Peter's parents knew, um, they either knew the Forgotten Warriors or they knew Cap himself. So yeah. What's up, Dave? That connects back into the X-Men because literally after it says, um, Parker, heating more finance to Hydra, Strucker abducted Gabrielle Haller, met in a fortune of lost Nazi gold, hidden in her mind. But the mutants Charles, Xavier, and Magnus, and Magnus took the gold for themselves. So Xavier and Magnus, who is another X-Men, well, not X-Men, but mutant, um, read this girl's mind and then steal the gold for themselves. I'm guessing they found the Xavier Institute, but I could be wrong there. That's okay. I was just going to say, that's where... I- that, that I think alike. I guess we think alike because that's what I would assume he used to build the Xavier Institute. That's a whole other rabbit hole. But, okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, see, we're already going down another rabbit hole. Back to Cap. So, um, we talked to, so that's a little bit about Baron Strucker. Um, in the movie Age of Ultron, Baron Strucker is killed uh, by Ultron. So, as far as the MCU goes, is his demise in that movie. Um, the two Zemos, I know, definitely get a lot of airtime in the television TV series, especially um, the two animated series, uh, Avengers Assemble and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. There are various plot lines with both Baron Zemos. And they're, like I said, one is a father one is the son the father cap fought against in world war ii because he was either affiliated with red skull himself or hydra i I tend to kind of lump one in the same and lump them in the same category but i've been i've been told not to do that (laughs) <laughs> that, you know, sometimes Red Skull operated independently of Hydra, so don't confuse the two. For our intents and purposes here, depends on the universe. Um, So, like we just said, 19, 
in Earth 1610, he's the son of um of Captain America, and he goes off and does his own thing. But he does work for Hydra and AIM, which is another organization. So mm-hmm. it all comes down to what universe you're talking about, what timeline you're talking about, and all of that. It's like every it's like every other fandom, right? Ain't that the truth? All right, and then uh, Modok is the last villain that the Marvel website has called attention to. They have this crossbones in here. Frenemies. Oh, hit me with it. Go for it. Look at the enemy sheet that you have here. Crossbones isn't on it. That's really weird because cross. Uh, and again, Crossbones is another really big Cap villain. Unless. I wonder if Crossbones is meant to be anti-cat. Oh, that would that would be a really big rabbit hole. Wait, well, I'm going to go investigate now. <laughs> All right. Well, while you have fun in your rabbit hole, I am going to talk about... I'm going to move on to the next segment that is on our docket. But before I do, do you have anything you want to add, Kelly? Oh, I was just researching that, and I found one line that said, while he might not be pro-registration when Civil War comes around, he's definitely anti-cap. That was, like, what came up when I put, if is Crossbones anti-cap? I'm glad you brought up Civil War, because one of the next things we're going to talk about is the groups that Captain America has been a part of. And according to the Marvel website, Captain America has only been part of two groups. You have the Avengers, and then you have the Secret Avengers. So we'll go with the Avengers first. Um, the Avengers is pretty self-explanatory given the success of the MCU franchise. Um, it is a group of heroes who are designed to be Earth's first and last line of defense in the fight against good versus evil. Um, the I do know the original Avengers in the comic books are not the same Avengers that we get on screen there are some members who are still consistent but like i know um in the comic books it's hank pym not hank Pym. hope hope van dyme his daughter isn't she the founder of the avengers huh i guess i guess i'm only they're only giving me the movie version of said Avengers. That stinks. I wonder if the original free Disney is no longer canon too much. That would stink. That's that would point. stink. I'm not a fan of uh, that. Because remember, when uh, Disney acquired Star Wars, anything before the prequels was not canon. Was no longer canon. Okay. Well, anything before the prequels and, a- and after Episode Six was no longer canon. Because there was a bunch of Legends material that they got rid of. Different universe. Yeah. It's even kind of hard to search for. Well, I know that if it wasn't Hope, I know that um, it was Hank Pym, Ant-Man. So the original Ant-Man was not Scott Lang. It was Hank Pym, which I think that's something that stands in the MCU as well. Um, But Hank Pym was the 
founder of the Avengers or Hope was and Ant-Man and Wasp. I know Iron Man was an original member. I know Hulk was Thor and Cap. I think that's really the only difference in the movie. The movies is they had brought on Hawkeye and Black Widow because they were already quasi introduced to the world. Whereas at the time the Ant-Man movies hadn't come out. So introducing Ant-Man and Wasp would, they would have had to do more work in that movie or they would have had to do a whole nother movie in the lineup. But we ended up meeting Ant-Man and Wasp anyway. But okay. So I don't want to spend too much time on the Avengers because we are going to get to the MCU, but you all know what the Avengers are. But then what I do want to talk about is the secret Avengers. So the other group that the Marvel website has Cap listed in is the secret Avengers, which is something that actually Cap formed in response to the Captain America well, not Captain America, in response to the Civil War arc that happened in the comic books. And I know that as far as the comic books go, that arc of the Civil War was was an extensive line in the comic books. Um, so in Marvel.com, um, Captain America, Ant-Man, Beast, Black Widow, Moon Knight, Nova... Sharon Carter, Valkyrie, War Machine, and Taskmaster mm. is the original Secret Adventures, which is weird that Taskmaster's in there because he's I was just a say villain, he's a villain. If I remember correctly, to Black Widow. Yeah. But I mean to to be fair, the Illuminati, who is Iron Man, Black Panther, Doctor Strange. And sometimes Thanos is roped in there too. It, it's it's weird there too. So I mean, I guess it makes sense if like they put a villain on each team when they're needed at certain times. Yeah, I can see that them being interchangeable. That's always been kind of a hallmark of Marvel is people float around to different arcs and different uh, realms and settings depending on how they can be used. So that's one thing that the movie changed up because Real War Machine life. was originally on Cap's team. I mean, on Iron Man's team, not Cap's team. So it was Black Widow. Black Widow wasn't on Cap's team in the movie. She was on Iron Man's team. So pretty much the only person from the comic books who stayed with Captain America in the Civil War comic book version and the MCU comic book version is Ant-Man and Sharon Carter because Sharon Carter is kind of like loosely in the background of that movie, Agent 13. Um, now that Disney owns the race to X-Men, they might be rebooting Civil War because it would make more sense to have Beast in there and Moon Knight and mm-hmm. um, Nova because now you can have the the mutants and the Fantastic Four in part of that, so in that part of that um, storyline. So maybe that's only temporarily until they reboot it, and then once they reboot it, they can actually have the Secret Avengers in there. There's an there's huh. like endless possibilities, especially if you've seen like the, not to go too far off, but even the New Mutants, like they introduce mm-hmm. so much, and like especially with Ileana and it's 
Yeah, so they, there's like endless possibilities. I wouldn't put it past them to like reboot it or say in a later film, like, oh yeah, this happened or this was in the background at the same time. I feel like eventually that's something they always keep open is that there are so mm -hmm. many possibilities or so many opportunities that you could do with a reboot or even, and I think that's one of the reasons why Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War happened the way it did because not to get into the politics of the situation or a debate, it opens up a, a lot of possibilities for future storylines where you could say this happened as a result of this or as a result of that. What's up, Dave? With the new, well, in, this is going a little bit off topic, but with Homecoming, it introduced interdimension traveling, right? That, yeah, so, that's what I was referring realistic, to, yeah. So, realistically, if any one of these characters, or even on the other team, on Iron Man's team, if they go into a different dimension, they can just jump right into a dimension where this version of Civil War is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I lived through this already. Why are we doing this again? And why is that person on that team? Which would make that more interesting dynamic for the Marvel Universe. Because then it's not only that, like, now you're following that one character. And it's that fourth wall, fourth, fourth wall break where it's like, huh? How are you aware of this already? So either Spider-Man Deadpool is going to do that. That was Just calling it now. Amazing. But anyway. Okay, so if we're calling things, not to go one last time off topic, if we're calling things, they're going to bring Limbo into it. Just, that's it. That's all yeah, I have to say. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Okay, so technically, we should be starting with the live-action TV movies before we start with the MCU. But I feel like we can talk. You know what? Let's start with the live-action TV movies because... None of us have seen any of those, so this should probably go by relatively quickly. Uh, before there was the MCU, there were two live-action Captain America TV movies in 1979. There was Captain America, which aired on television on January 9th, 1979. And then there was Captain America Death Too Soon, which aired on November 23rd, 1979. So... Um, according to IMDb, um, these movies were not ranked favorably. I think one of them, I think the first Captain America, what did it get a three? And the second one got a five. I think it got a 3.8 and a 5.3, 5.4. Yeah. Uh, blockbusters. Yeah. They were blockbusters. Yeah, they were. Uh, I mean, you know what? In 1979... I'm sure they were really great. And I think I've actually heard people talk about these. And they said that, you know, by today's standards, they were really cheesy. But back in 1979, this was something that was pretty cool. So we'll, we'll give credit where credit's due. I could see that. Then in 1990, they tried again with another Captain America movie. Captain America was played by Matt... Salinger? Butcher your name, buddy. Matt Salinger. Salinger? <laughs> sure. I apologize, Matt. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, was this a made-for-TV movie or was this an actual movie? I think it's made for TV. I think the other ones were also made for TV, like the the 88 Incredible Hulk Returns, I think it was made for TV. I, I think, because I think I remember hearing correctly, Blade, yeah. Blade is the first cinema Marvel movie. It's not the first Marvel movie, but it's the first one for cinemas and for blockbusters. Okay. Okie dokie. All right. There you go. So that ushers us in if we're talking about on-screen appearances. And Dave already brought up the MCU. So let's officially get underway to the MCU. Captain America's first introduction to the MCU was in Captain America, the first Avenger, which came out in 2011. And... That movie's amazing. I'm biased because Captain America is my favorite um, Marvel character. Don't know if Captain America First Avenger is my favorite Captain America movie, though. I love it because it's his origin story, and I love it because it's history. The, the history person in me loves it, but it's not my favorite Captain America movie. I don't know which one is. Part of me really wants to say Winter Soldier, but then the other part of me really loves Captain America Civil War. But Captain America Civil War is not a true... Ca it's like a mini Avengers movie. I'm going to go with Captain America Winter Soldier. Okay, anyway. Captain America the First Avenger. So... This is where Cap gets his origin story. We've already talked about this movie a little bit with the grenade scene. Okay. Um, one of my favorite scenes or parts of that movie is other than the scene with the grenade is the scene where Captain America crashes Hydra base and he um he breaks out and he breaks out the howling commandos. And uh, I love, I love when he wakes Bucky up and Bucky's like, I thought you were shorter or something, something, something to that effect. He's like, I thought you were shorter or skinnier. That's always fun. I love that sequence as well, but I think one of my, and I know I mentioned the quote earlier too, so it probably gives it away. I love all his interactions with the doctor because again, it's like his strength of spirit and his compassion for others and like that grenades, like all the scenes with the doctor and the grenade scene, because again, it's like, it's not what's on the outside. It's like what, what his spirit, like who he is as a person that makes him Captain America. And that's something that really shines through in this movie. That's the scene where they're having the drink or Dr. Erskine's having the drink the night before the surgery, right, Kelly? Is that the scene you're referring to? I, I kind of like all of all of it, like even when he's going into the um, what's it called, the medical examining yes. room, and he's like, "I'm not interested in the amount of um, I'm not interested in like how you were rejected. I was interested in the amount of times you tried to get in, and like from then on." Yes, there's like a list of all the times he's tried to get in, and I, again, that's that's Captain America's tenacity. Yeah. That's Captain America's determination. And those those are why he's my favorite character, because he's got that compassion and that tenacity in him. He's 
he's like uh, I'm not sure which one of you said it. It was one of you, but he's he's people first, himself last. He one of my favorite quotes that gets reintroduced with him throughout the MCU is I can do this all day. Yes. I just I, I love I love that and I love that concept of him just getting up every time no matter how bad he's beaten down it's it, he just keeps on fighting and you know he's not fighting for himself yeah and I think um there's another quote that I really love in his interactions with the doctor where he's like oh so you you want to kill Nazis and he's like I don't want to kill anyone but I don't like bullies I don't care where they're from and I like that a lot too because it's not singling out one set group of people or anything like that it's just like doing what's right okay i lied that's my favorite quote i <laughs> forgot about that quote. uh yes and that's that's why i love that quote because you hit the nail right on the head it's not singling out one person or party or not singling anybody out anybody can be a bully i don't like bullies i don't care where they're from and I just I I have a very deep love affair for this character, and it's I feel bad because I don't know much about this character outside of the MCU or some other cartoon or you know whatever cartoon universes. But I do I love Captain America. He's my favorite. On the list of fictional people who I wish were real, Captain America ranks very high. Oh, can you imagine all the problems that would be solved if we had Captain America leading the charge and getting everyone together? Because he would be I, the person who would get people to work together. I thought the opposite. <laughs> imagine all the problems we would have if Captain America... Like, it's a double-edged sword, but... Yeah, because you'd have people rise up to meet someone of that standard. The evil yeah, would rise up to rise up. Uh, And then... Anyway. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, and then if we're also talking about um, the first Avenger, we also meet Howard Stark, who Howard Stark is a fantastic predecessor to Tony Stark as far as as far as this depiction in the MCU goes. I love the way they wrote Howard because I think it does his character great justice. And you can see you can see the remnants of Tony of what will be Tony. In Howard Stark, especially in the first Avenger. Okay. And then you also have Peggy. Who, Peggy, I... Kelly and I have talked about this. Dave, do you have any thoughts on Peggy? I think Peggy is the uh, perfect person for... I'm not gonna lie. Not just uh I'm not even talking about love arc wise. I'm talking about character development, character arc wise, and she's the the kick butt Lois to his Superman. Right? Um mm -hmm. she's always there, supportive, but she also lays down the facts when need to be when it's needed. And she's always there to back him up. But she'll make fun of them afterwards for it. So she's more, she's there, she's ready to fight, she's ready to brawl, and she wants to do the same thing Cap's doing, no matter what. I mean, we see this throughout the entire movie, even the later movies, so and that never goes away. 
And she never forgets about Captain either, which you see that more in the movies and when he's frozen, mm-hmm. but she always remembers every interaction they um, and they hold true to that promise, like, hey, I promised this gal this beautiful dance. I just totally butchered what he meant, but that, that's the gist of it. So, uh, I think Peggy's perfect for Cap on more than one level. And I think, honestly, if she was given the serum, we would be looking at a Captain America female version of it. But that's just me. I agree. No, I agree completely. I love Peggy. It's just, I mean, I don't want to tip my hat too soon because we'll probably mention it in passing later. It's just the way the way they did it in the final, you know, in Endgame, I feel like she had moved on. And it, it just felt, yeah, I won't get into it. But it, yeah, I do love Peggy. <laughs> I, I do like Peggy for Cap. I, I, if I had to pick between Sharon, because I know in the comic books, Sharon Carter, who is Peggy Carter's niece and also Agent 13, I know that's who they consider his soulmate in the comic book realm of Captain America. But I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly, Dave. I kind of fell in love with her portrayal as far as what the MCU did. And that has swayed me significantly. I think Peggy Carter is definitely perfect for Cap. But Kelly, to touch off on something you said about, or it was it was one of you who said if we had a female Cap, there is a series in development on Disney Plus. It's called What If? And I'm pretty sure that in the What If version for Captain America, I think the What If version we're going to get is What If Peggy Carter was Captain America. So that is going to be extremely interesting. And I always said, I was like, ooh. I know um, when Chadwick Boseman had passed away, they had said that he had finished his recording for Marvel's What If. So I think, I don't quote me on this. I read this. I don't know how reputable the source was, but I believe he had finished all of his voice recordings for that marvel what if segment and i think he's star lord what if t'challa was star lord so that is cool and it kind of was running through some of the other questions and i think that's going to be the captain america one what if captain america was peggy when it comes to disney and sources when it comes to the deceased actors, most of the time they're right, I think. So, for instance, when Carrie Fisher passed away, um, she had finished all of her scenes for Last Jedi. Um, I think maybe the movie that she, um, I, she definitely finished them all for Last Jedi in whatever scenes for um, number nine, um. But Disney reported that, like, she did finish all of her scenes, and she finished all of her voice work for Rogue One. Um, And she she did all of the voice work for Rogue One, which is the movie that was out when she passed away. So, typically, when it comes to that, um, whatever they have, they won't waste it. So, if even if Chad only recorded certain aspects of it, they will use whatever he used, no matter however it is. So Disney's very good about that. I will give that. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's that's TBD. We'll have to see. I'm very excited for that Marvel What If. I think that's awesome. But do we have any other thoughts on Captain America? first avenger before we move on to the first avengers captain america the next time we see him we see him in the avengers movie which came out in 2012 and this is when he uh is recruited by nick fury and shield to create the avengers along with tony stark bruce banner the incredible hulk natasha romanoff the black widow clint barton who is hawkeye and thor odinson who is um that movie i love Uh, and again like it was funny because like i had watched all the mc mcu movies up until that point but again my heart still just beated for captain america so like going into that movie the only person i cared about was cap and like coming out of that movie i fell in love with the avengers so yeah So the Avengers Assemble movie, that's my first introduction to Captain America. It's not the first Avenger, it's the Avengers. And after I watched the Avengers, I was like, I want to know more about this guy. So that's when I found the first Avengers. And yeah, I'm a... Cap is the second one to mine, but the love there is right up there with Thor. So Thor is my first Avenger, and then the Avengers is what introduced me to the rest of the team. Well, the Disney team. Because I remember... I remember The Incredible Hulk when Ed Norton did it in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I remember those two movies. So Yeah, those are like the forgotten MCU movies. Or like Those are the one. The Incredible Hulk ones are like the one. There's only one of them that like the MCU officially recognizes. If you look at the lineup of the MCU, not, not on Disney+, Plus. like if you Google it, there's only one Hulk movie that is considered like the one you need to watch. To understand the MCU. And that one's the Ed Norton one. The one before that. The one before that, 2000. Eric Bana. Yeah. The 2002 one. That's the better one. Yeah, I know. uh, Oddly enough. But, uh, yeah. So, in that one, he joins the Avengers. Um, He's very much himself. His character is, once again, reestablished along... Uh, the lines of mixing all of these personalities together. He's he's the heart of the team. He's the conscience, the soul about doing the right thing. I love um, I love how they play on him being a man out of time, especially with the whole flying monkeys reference when they're in the hangar of the jet. I still use that quote. I understood that reference. I work that into as many <laughs> things as I can because I love to speak in movie quotes. So yes, I, I understood that reference. I absolutely I completely agree and I absolutely love all his interactions with Phil Coulson. Again, I'm biased because I later went on to be obsessed and a great fan of Agents of Shield. Watch it if you haven't, guys. I highly recommend it. But yeah, I, I love those that's I love all, the whole movie. It's one of my favorites of the MCU. 
because you get to see everyone. But I think some of my favorite scenes are the ones with just with him and Phil. Nice. Yeah. And how he fangirls yes. over him. Yes, Phil Coulson fangirls over him. I always said that like Phil Coulson was me if I was ever in front of him. And I love when uh, Natasha's like, did he have you sign his trading cards? And Cap's like, trading cards? Question mark. And she she's so nonchalant. She's like, yeah, they're vintage. So Avengers uh, is a is a great reaffirmation of who Cap is, and especially not only who he's a person, but who he is amongst all these other personalities that are the Avengers. The next solo movie we get for Captain America is Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which came out in 2014. And in this movie, things, things for Captain America definitely kind of ramp up. Um, this movie, like I said, is my favorite Captain America movie. Falcon is introduced and Falcon goes on to be a longstanding ally of Captain America. And I think Captain America, I think, I think Falcon is a great character and I think he gets undershadowed and he gets rejected a lot. And I don't understand why, because he is the great compliment to Captain America very controversial opinion i'm not a bucky fan. i <laughs> they're gonna kill me i really i don't i'm not especially at least mcu bucky i like him i don't mind him i tolerate him because i have to but i if he if he just left i wouldn't be sad I love the gentleman who plays him. Sebastian Stan, is that his name? Yeah, I love him. Yes. But just the character of Bucky in the MCU, eh, give me more Cap and Falcon. Bucky can go away. But in, in, especially for me, because I feel that way, <laughs> the rivalry that becomes Falcon and Bucky in Captain America Civil War, I loved. I thought that was hysterical. But... Uh, in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, we meet all we also. So we meet Falcon, we meet Agent 13, Sharon Carter. Uh, Nick Fury needs Captain America's help because S.H.I.E.L.D. has been infiltrated. And because it has been infiltrated and has been uh, sabotaged by Hydra, it now has to be destroyed. So he teams up with Sharon Carter, Falcon, and Nick Fury to just. Agent Hill, Agent yep, Hill. that's right, Agent Hill, to destroy Hydra. But this is a movie with kind of a two-plot storyline, because while that's one storyline, the other storyline is the Winter Soldier, who is Bucky. And he realizes that Bucky is alive, that when he fell off the train in the first movie, he was captured, and experiments were performed on him, and now he is this, like, super assassin that has been mind controlled and brainwashed and it is Bucky who is working for Hydra trying to take out S.H.I.E.L.D. He and Cap each other very well. So Bucky is what would have happened if um, the U.S. used Captain America mm-hmm. in a negative way, right? Like, they both went through the same thing, both had the same serum, both have vibranium. If the U.S. decided to use Captain in a negative way, he would have been Bucky. So that's the other, that's the yin and yang. So it, it also goes to show that the Soviet Union 
at the time was doing anything possible to get a leg up over the U.S. any way possible. At least that's the way the uh, MCU is yeah. portraying it. So it's just if I I love Bucky. I'm gonna be honest here because he is the yin to Captain America's yang. If they're almost identical, yes. they're both loyal. They both are mission driven, and they believe what they're doing is right. The problem, though, with Bucky is that the government manipulates him to do what they want and portrayed as he's doing the right thing. Whereas Cap, Cap has that frame of thought, like you know what, this doesn't this doesn't groove with me. I don't care how you spin it. This is not grooving with me anyway. I'm not doing it. Agreed, Kelly. I was going to say, I absolutely agree with that. And the fact that Bucky is basically tortured and mind wiped every few years before he's frozen again doesn't help. And I'd also like, Maria, your earlier comment about Bucky. Okay, I love Falcon. And I can't tell you how many times me and my brother constantly use on your left. Okay, I love, I love Falcon. But I love Bucky too. And I completely agree with everything Dave said. And at the same time, I think this movie is especially another testament to the kind of person that Cap is. Like that fight scene yes. where he drops his shield and he's like, you're my friend. And that phrase, I'm with you till the end of the line. And that's what ends up mm. getting to Bucky. Like helping Bucky remember, like start get a glimpse of who he was and who this man in front of him is. And you see him, he yeah. drops his shield. Like he cares more about his friend, this people than he does about like the whole ensemble the whole vibranium he drops it and then he just lets himself get wailed on and that love ends up being what brings bucky back and saves him yeah well because it's all about his friend and again cap never fails to surprise me cap always it's about his friend that's his best friend he's not going to hurt his best friend he understands what his best friend has been through and at the end of the day Yes, there's a mission, but Cap's mission is... Cap has two missions. Cap is trying to save S.H.I.E.L.D. and destroy Hydra, but Cap is also trying to get his best friend back. So, and again, it's just, he always... And that's one thing... I, I don't know who said it to me at one point. Someone in my life who I was having, I think it was a roommate at one time, we were having a debate about Captain America and they said that he is almost sickeningly sweet because he always does the right thing. And I'm like, that's that's the point. That's why I love Captain America because he always does the right thing, whether it's the morally right thing or the you know physical right thing. But that comes into play in civil war and we'll get to that so but the next time we see captain america after captain america with the soldier is captain america avengers age of ultron and you know even before civil war this is where captain america's sense of morale what what really is wrong and right and what is acceptable and unacceptable really starts to come into play because the creation of ultron really starts to split a lot of hairs on the Avengers team. So, uh, not for, you know, for time's sake, uh, Ultron is a robot, which in the comic books was created by, I think it's Dr. Banner and Hank Pym, but in the comic book, but in the MCU, it's Tony Stark and Dr. Banner. 
So they create this AI, Ultron, who is meant to be this peacekeeping robot, but he turns out to be this evil robot because he sees the Avengers as a conundrum. They seek peace, but they destroy everything in their path, or they court chaos as opposed to peace. So he takes out Jarvis. He... Uh, he, I, I don't even get, I can see Kelly's face when I said take out Jarvis. Um, one of my other favorite characters in the MCU is Vision. And you get Vision in this movie. And I, I was actually, I didn't really know anything about Vision at all before uh, Age of Ultron. So when he wiped out, when Ultron wiped out Jarvis, I thought that was the end of Jarvis. And I was very, very sad. But so Cap and the Avengers now are kind of at war with each other over the creation of this robot. Tony still wants to. Tony is not necessarily set on destroying Ultron if he doesn't have to, but then they realize that's the thing to do. That movie, that movie gets a bad rep amongst the Avengers movies. Maybe I have really poor taste. I'm sure I do. I really like it. I really like It's not my favorite Avengers movie, I, but I will watch it. I, I will actively watch it. I think it's I same. think it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it when I went to go see it. Uh, when Marvel had an anniversary within the past year or two when they put all the Marvel movies in IMAX, um, that was not my first choice, but it was the only one I could get tickets to. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see Avengers uh, Age of Ultron and IMAX. Sure, if that's the one I can get tickets to, yeah, let's go. It was great. That fight scene at the end where they're all around the core oof, on IMAX, fantastic. But so I've still never seen it. What? I have never seen watch. it. Still have not seen okay, it. Okay, we're having a watch party. Well, um, well, no, like I, so I've heard everything negative about it and I, I worked with a manager at my old corporate job and he's seen, he's seen all of them. He's read all the comics and everything. And I think I looked at him. I was like, do I really need this? I, he, and he saw, um, Civil War in the movies after Age of Ultron. I'm like, do I really need to see Age of Ultron to understand what's going on? He's like. No, if you understand the if you understand the character arcs of of them, then you don't have to watch Age of Ultron. You can literally just watch the arc for the arc, not for the other stuff. So I've I've yet to see Age of Ultron. So we need a watch party for you of Age of Ultron and for yeah. Maria, Maria for Rogue yeah, One. I still we need haven't. To do this. No, I still haven't. Gotten, <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten. He hasn't to Rogue watched one it yet. yet. Not not out of any malicious contempt, because I really do want to see it. It's just life. Life keeps happening. But um, your manager is correct. I personally think that really Age of Ultron is unfortunately like that, where it, it, it you can start to see the fraction of dissent within the team for the first time. But other than that, nothing really transcends out of that movie as far as affecting the story and that's something that i was hoping for in avengers infinity war because um when vision died i know that vision is coming back for wandavision on the mcu 
I didn't know if they were going to fuck not on the MCU on Disney plus. And I didn't know if they were going to bring vision back fully or if they were going to follow the comic book arc where Wanda goes insane and she like alters reality and brings a version of him back. But something that my brain was kind of cooking up was I know they made it a point to, to state that vision wiped out Ultron in multiple forms because one of the things is that that Ultron can do is Ultron can escape through the internet and I was kind of hoping that we would see and I think this was a fan theory that was floating around maybe this is where I got it from is that we would see Ultron come back in the form of Vision after he had been killed at the end of Infinity War and I can understand why they didn't do that because Endgame had enough going on, but I would have really liked to have seen Ultron come back in some way, shape, or form, just because he really is such a formidable a villain for the Avengers, and there's so much you could do with Ultron, but yeah. I'd just like to add to that, Dave. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you might want to watch Age of Ultron because there is a character in Age of Ultron that might come up in WandaVision that's very important to Wanda in the comics. And that oh, was my theory for who would be brought back yeah. in WandaVision. Because in the comics, why, yeah. why does she get rid of yeah, mutants? Yeah, you're right. And, you know, for, wait, wait, wait. wait. So, are, you, are you talking about I'm her... not going to spoil it. Are you talking about her speed uh, brother, who's also the son of Magneto? Because we're going that way. Watch it. Watch it. I'm not gonna watch tell it. you. All right, moving. No, I, I've seen that. I, I've seen that. I've seen that scene. I've seen what happens. But I won't have to spoil it here. Mo moving on, because we need reference? to keep going. Okay. I kind of do. <laughs> uh, moving on. The next time we see Captain America is in 2016. Captain America: Civil War which the descent that started in Age of Ultron is now really taking its toll on the team. The Sokovia Accords, which happen as a consequence of what happens at the end of Age of Ultron. Um, I guess actually you do kind of need to watch Age of Ultron because the Sokovia Accords come out of what happens at the end of that movie, but it's not major. Um, the Accords state for the Superhero Registration Act that superheroes need to be monitored and essentially controlled. And Iron Man is all for it. He thinks that superheroes need to be regulated because he's feeling some of the ramifications of the actions of the Avengers and what happened in Sarkovia. Whereas Cap, that's probably hitting a lot of his World War II bells. And Cap's not really feeling the whole superhero registration act. So Tony and Cap kind of square off against each other. They both take their sides and other superheroes come in and respectively join either side. Um, the two kind of break up the Avengers as a result in that movie. And when that movie ends, the, the team is broken up as... You know, like like Dr. Banner says, like the Beatles. Yeah, they broke up. <laughs> it's also important to mention that another, um, while they're having this amazing fight sequence, you know, it comes to light, and maybe even a little bit beforehand, you got an inkling of it, that Bucky, under Hydra's mind control, was the one yes. to kill Howard Stark. And this drives a huge rift between um, Cap and Iron Man. And he's like, and they have this whole discussion Oof. about friendship. And he's like, you know, you're going to give Bucky yep. over because it's us. 
And he's like, and Steve's like, he's my friend. And Iron Man so was, was like, I. You, you were my friend too. And they have this whole discussion. And he's like, I don't care. He killed my mom. And it was like this I cannot whole epic tell you, scene. I cannot tell yeah. you how hard that, because again, not, not because he's my favorite, maybe because he's my favorite, but also like mentally, I agree with Cap. I, I would have taken Cap's side on the superhero registration act. Again, maybe that's the history person in me. I don't know. But uh, I would agree with Cap. And as somebody who also loves the MCU version of Iron Man specifically, it was very, very hard to sit there and watch that whole ending with Cap, Bucky, and Tony. And, you know, you're going to give him because he's us he killed my mom and he's my friend when tony when cap looks at tony and he says you have to understand he's my friend and tony says so was i i literally i was like oh <laughs> uh, that that hurt that hurt Same. in the audience cap not weird but it's it's his character but it's not some token is at the end when tony looks at him he's like that shield belonged to you. That shield belonged to my father. And Cap's like, you know what? And his head is like, you know what? You're kind of right. And he gave away and he gave back the shield to Tony because he recognized that that's part of his father's legacy. And if Tony, if Tony deems that Cap's not worthy of having a piece of his father's legacy, then he had, he has yep. to give it back, which is very hard for Cap because that's Cap. That is Cap's shield, like. Yeah, Howard created it, but that is Cap Shield. Um, but he also recognizes that he does owe a debt to Howard and the Stark legacy. And if a a person of the legacy is like, I want my shield back, my father's shield back, Cap's obligated to give back to him. And that's and that was the hard part for me was because Cap did Cap did everything he felt was right. He saved his friend. But he had to give a piece of his his identity and what he valued back to someone he mm. also respected. I, uh, for me, I just I always I agree with that. I agree with everything you're saying. That scene, I feel like when when we were talking about earlier, like in Avengers, um, Avengers and like Captain America, the first Avenger, how like one of the reasons I love Cap is because like he always does the right thing. This is where. Cap's decision-making ability and what is the right thing to do? Who is the right person to do by? And again, maybe because I'm not a big Bucky fan, I do love that he stood by his best friend, but I think some of Cap's negative attributes come out in the scene where nostalgia, like nostalgia for his oldest friend or his best friend, you could say, he... I, I don't know. I, you can see Cap's decision-making abilities as far as what is the right thing to do and how to do it. I feel like that scene between the three of them really, because I was actually watching it today, and he's going at Iron Man in that scene. At one point, Iron Man is on the ground, and Bucky is knocked out, and he is wailing on Tony. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't remember him wailing on him this much. Like he's going at it and he breaks his arc reactor in his chest. And 
you know, he kind of backs off after that. And that's when Dave, that's when he brings up that quote. That's the next thing that happens is Tony's like, you don't deserve that shield. And Cap does leave it behind. But I feel like Cap makes up for his behavior at the end of the movie, because at the end of the movie is when he writes Tony that letter. And he's like, listen, Tony, I, I know I messed up. I should have told you about your dad and your mom by by me not telling you. I thought I was sparing you, but I was really sparing myself. And again, that's why I love him, because he can admit he was wrong, because that's essentially what he's doing in that letter. He's like, listen, I messed up. I, I thought I was sparing you. I was sparing myself. You know, I'm sorry. And he, and he even says, I'm sorry I hurt you. Like, he's a big enough person to admit that he was wrong, which that's hard for normal people to do. Uh huh. So when he's wailing on Tony, so mm -hmm. hear me out. So remember in the first Avenger when he's getting beat on by the neighborhood bully and Bucky comes mm -hmm. out and defends him. So what if he anticipate? So what if in his mind Tony was the bully and Bucky was Cap back then, and it was in in Cap's mind and heart. He was repaying Bucky for defending him that day. But at the time when Steve needed it most, Bucky was there to defend him. And when Bucky needed it most, Steve was there to defend him. I saw that. I agree. That. And I think you killed Kelly because I can see Kelly's face. You just tugged on her heart. <laughs> um, I, I agree. And again, because that's. That's what I meant by like his nostalgia for his best friend. He's he's there with him till the end of the line, and he's going to repay. He looks at Bucky as his brother, and and with I think that's something that goes without say because you know like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Steve is one of Bucky's oldest friends. Um, Bucky, I mean, Steve has been on his own for most of his life, especially most of his adult life, and Bucky, you know, has been one of the most consistent factors and especially considering that they're both men out of time in the sense that they were both, you know, frozen. And now they're in this new world together. I feel like they can, they can and will lean on each other more, especially cap leaning on Bucky. But I also feel like you're right too, Dave, like he's going to repay Bucky back for all the times that Bucky stood up for him. What do you think, Kelly? I completely agree. And again, like I love Bucky, so just him, just him bringing that up. I'm now I'm having the feels. <sighs> okay, moving forward because we'll be here all day. Once Civil War ends, then we get. Sure, if it's. 2018's Avengers Infinity War, which this movie brings together all the major players. So even though the Avengers are split up, the Avengers now have to face this external threat of Thanos, who is trying to collect all of the Infinity Stones and take over Earth. But this brings in major other major players, such as Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Spider-Man, um, War Machine is back. Scarlet Witch is here. I mean, who is it? And Guardians of the Galaxy. That was the other Guardians one. I'm like, the there's galaxy. another franchise. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Uh, um, 
Wasp isn't in this one. She's she's in the Endgame fight, but I don't, I don't think Wasp is directly in Infinity War. But so all of the major players of the MCU are in this one. And what we see is even though Cap and Tony are separated. What's up, Dave? So in Infinity War, Ant-Man's not in this one. No, either. you're right. Ant-Man and Wasp are because they're Man. in the van doing um doing That's right because this is when Ant-Man 2 comes out and Ant-Man 2 leads right in to Endgame because Wasp and because Ant-Man's in the dimension, Wasp, Hank, and the mother are outside the van. And that's when I'm slipping, snap I'm slipping hardcore. Yes, you are a thousand percent correct. I was I did as uh, well. Dude, dude, it's late at night. <laughs> no, that's my bedtime. Anyway. <laughs> um yeah, so you know, Cap and Tony have the Avengers have split up. Uh Cap ends up uh eventually throughout the movie, Cap gets his team back together because his team kind of split up from events that happened in Civil War. Um, he rescues Wanda and Vision in, I think it's, they're either in Scotland, I think they're in Scotland, they're in Scotland. Um, he picks his team up together, they go to Wakanda to get Bucky, and then they end up helping uh, T'Challa and the Wakandan army fight off the uh, invaders. Uh, Thanos, I couldn't remember his name for a second. Thanos sends his lackeys to Wakanda <laughs> because they're looking for Vision and Shuri is trying to detach the stone from Vision's head. So Cap and his pals, as well as, as well as War Machine and the Wakandan army, hold off Thanos' lackeys, but they fail miserably. Thanos ends up showing up, and he succeeds. He gets all the stones. He snaps his fingers leaving the Avengers with their first loss. And uh, who, it's either, it's either, I don't know who says it, but I don't think it's Steve, because I know Steve's line is, oh my God. But someone at the end of that scene, when the snap goes, they're like, did we just lose? And I and I, I think it's War Machine that says it. Did we just lose? Because the Avengers have never lost, technically. Until now. So... So this is our first loss. This is our first loss, which leads us into the film that comes next in 2019, Avengers Endgame. Um, for time's sake, I want to speed this up all the way until the final battle with Thanos. So there's time travel in this movie. A lot of Back to the Future references. Loved that part. Um there's a whole lot of politics with the time travel in this movie, too. People are still splitting hairs and dice over it. Um, we're not going to get into that because this episode is already long enough and we're not done yet. Um, I want to talk about Munich. Yeah, I can't say it. Thor's hammer. Mjolnir? When. Oh, I see what you, you mean. Uh, I also. Yeah, Please say that again, Dave. You mean meow meow? <laughs> when now, when we went in a different world, when people could conjugate together, 
all of us went to go see Avengers Endgame together. It was us, it was Derek, and then there was a bunch of other people. I know I was sitting next to Dave. I was sitting in between Dave. Was I sitting in between Dave and you, Kelly? Because I know Dave was on one side of me, and I think you were on the other side of me, Kelly. I, I think what happened is a lot of us yes. have seen the movie already yeah, and you I, had it. So we were all watching your reactions say, and so watching the movie. All I remember is as the hammer is rising off the ground, I'm kind of on the edge of my seat. And as it zooms by Thor and Cap catches it, I explode. And I look and all of you are looking at me and like a child because i was like oh wait were they watching my reaction <laughs> which according to according to derek my we re- reaction was worthy <laughs> like i levitated off the seat it was perfect <laughs> i think did. that scene i think everyone levitates if you if mm-hmm. you've been a big fan of the avengers or not the entire time seeing cap have the hammer if you haven't seen Endgame yet, you're totally missing out. I'm going to spoil the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, we already told them. Cap raises the hammer, when Cap raises the hammer and the lightning shoots out and hits Thanos, I'm like, thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then Thor is the best. He's yeah. like, I knew yes. it. Yes, yes. And again, going back to Age of Ultron, and he's like, I knew it. And oh, just when he he kicks the crap out of Thanos, and that's great. And then oh, another favorite part of mine with that is when um, after the circles have opened, and finally he said, "I I don't know why he whispered it." That's my biggest complaint. I I was waiting for like the shout of Avengers Assemble. I, I'm ha- I'm happy he said it. I'm happy it made it. But just. No, I'm not going to split hairs. After the the overly satisfying Avengers assemble and they all charge, once they're fighting and him and Thor are fighting side by side and Thor gets the hammer and Cap gets Stormbreaker, I love when Thor goes, no, 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 give me that back. You can have the little one. Which... <laughs> I'd just like to add in very quickly... Very, very quickly, the scene right before this, when Cap is fighting alone, mm-hmm. I think it's very important to mention to his character, too. I know I keep saying for his character, for his character. Yes. He got his ass beat, and I think this is what made him worthy. He was willing to stand up to Thanos alone, and I think you even see a look of respect you, past you do. Thanos's, you do. you know, face. Because, like, he stands up, yeah. and he's like... And I uh-huh. think that just needs to be mentioned really quick. Not only, not only that, he's not just standing up to Thanos. He's standing up to Thanos' whole... All right, because That's at true. this point of the battle, the second battle for New York, Cap gets up, He his shield is busted wide open, and at the same token, there's no Avengers nearby. Like, we don't know if Hulk's still alive. We don't know if Ant-Man's still alive. Um, But at the same token, like, Captain mm-hmm. has no allies, and Thanos' army has just arrived from their portals, from their trans, everything. So... It's not only Thanos, but his whole army. And Cap gets up, he tightens the shield around, what's left of the shield, and he's ready to go forward. And that's when the portals open up, and that's what made it more bone-chilling. Yes. Because it kind of reminded me of Lord mm. of the Rings, because Aragon mm. is is there by himself, and then out of nowhere, yeah, here it's... come his allies. And that's when Falcon says, <laughs> when... And this is... This is... Yep. This is on your left. 
And then when he says on your left, his at goes to show like the human spirit in a way. It's at the darkest moment that's when the light will appear, and that's when yes. and that's when Falcon the portals open up, and at Captain's darkest moment, that's when his allies appear. That's who you a know who his friends are. On Cap's face, so oh, I'm a very expressive, emotional person. And you both are laughing because you were looking at me. When you hear on your left and the circles form and you see T'Challa, Shuri, and Okoye walk through, the look on Captain America's face, I started to cry. Because I, I just, like, you could see the relief off of his shoulders, like, Oh my God, you came like, and it's so many things. It's, Oh my God, you came. Oh my God, you're alive. And I was trying for two full reasons. <laughs> one, because, Oh my gosh, they're all going to come back now. Number, number one. And then I was just like, Oh, he's not alone. But yeah, just that, that moment. And you're right. He's ready to face down this invading army and he really gets a real shining moment. Each, each I feel like Thor, Iron Man, and um, Cap really kind of get their own shining moments in this movie. And before and after the lifting of the hammer, Cap really shines in that one-on-one -on -one with Thanos. I was kind of biting my nails because I didn't know if they were going to kill him off or I'm like, wait, how is this going to go? Especially when... He starts hacking away at that shield. We we talked about how that shield was supposed to be indestructible, and when Thanos starts laying into it, he he hacks it away like it's nothing. Oh. Yeah, that made me nervous, nervous, especially when we know in the comic books, I believe um, we had a few people die off. Yes, especially and one of them was Cap, I believe. I correct me if I'm wrong. So I was very nervous. I was like, oh. I was gonna, I was gonna say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the Civil War arc in the comic books is the first time Captain America dies and then he comes back but I could could be wrong but I oh, yeah I think because I know he has like a big New York City burial with like New York superheroes carrying his casket or something like Iron Man Spider-Man Doctor Strange but I, I could be wrong I could be very wrong the other interesting thing when you when I saw Nomad and his enemies because Captain America goes by a different name mm. after he loses. When he loses his shield and everything, he goes by a different name. I, uh, it's either the Wanderer or Nomad. Mm. But that's why when I said when I saw enemies, I saw Nomad. It's like it's either Wolverine or Captain Self, which would make no sense whatsoever. Um, but yeah, no, and I think it's either in Civil War, it's either in Civil War, Infinity War. It's like a fake death sort of scenario, and then he actually dies. Hmm. And that's when Falcon or Bucky picks up the shield, depending on what comic and what universe. So again, it comes back to what universe are we yeah. talking about? Um, in the MCU version, he he doesn't die per se, but something right. happens. Though. And um, he said we'll spoil it. We've spoiled enough. Uh, if you haven't seen Endgame. He gets a happy ending. I feel like he gets the ending that MCU Cap deserves. And Kelly, I, I feel that way, but I don't. 
I just know my, I treat him like he's a real person. Almost. I know. I, I agree with Kelly. Kelly and I have talked, um, and we have similar thoughts, but my thoughts on the way Endgame ended, I know Cap was happy because of what happened. He, he, it, it's hinted multiple times in Endgame that the decision he makes at the end of Endgame was something that he really wanted to make. So. Cap's happy. It's good enough for me. I, I like I like to think that, you know, not not to spoil too much, but he he got a happy life and he could walk off into the sunset and be happy because I feel like MCU Cap really deserves that. So while Kelly and I agree, I, I'm also happy with the <laughs> ending. But do you want to share your thoughts, Kelly? I'll share them briefly and try not to spoil too much. So on one hand, I do agree with you. Our cap deserves the world. But on the other hand, like, I think it was a, a comment Peggy made in earlier film. She's like, you move on and you do the best you can with what you have. And I think, think yes, he comments he hasn't moved on. But she did. She made a whole life. She made a family. He kissed her niece, which again, even if she, you don't consider her a love interest in the MCU movies, like, it just, it felt like I understand where he's coming from. He deserves the best. I'm glad he's happy. I loved how he passed it on to Falcon. And I love the fact that Bucky knew exactly what he was doing be like before. Like he knew exactly who it was sitting on that bench. But I I don't and I it's not like I would know a better way to go about doing it because you know, um, I believe our boy mm. didn't want to do another film anyway. But I feel like, you know, he could have gone into retirement. He could have made his own his own you know life here because he's been there for years now it just felt like any growth he did have because he did have growth and he did like he had all this you know experience life experience now and it felt like he went back mm -hmm. and i don't know it ha it left a sour taste in my mouth like i don't hate it but i, I don't lonely. like it he could, no, but she moved I on. Know. It was over, man. Like, yes, she was the love of your life, but she found other love. She had kids, grandkids. <laughs> you kissed her niece, and it's weird. <laughs> Dave, any thoughts before we move on? Like, so I love the ending. Um, I thought it was very good. Maybe her moving on was moving on with the younger mm -hmm. Steve Roger. Right, so maybe if a what maybe maybe if he disguised himself or something along those lines, but what this does with him coming back alive in an older form is it sets him up as a mentor mm -hmm. role. So this sets him up That's to true. be in sets him up in cameos and things like that for the future. So if he still wants to make a payday in whatever form it may be, you know he's already getting royalties for character usage and all that. But if he wants to do another movie this sets him up to come back because now if Falcon or Bucky need a vice on something, it's like, we need to seek out. And then they use whatever name Marvel gives him now because he's no longer the captain at yeah. this point because the captain mm -hmm. now is Falcon. So now it's captain Falcon, not captain America. But when they're looking out for a vice, like we need to search out the wanderer or the whatever name Disney gives them. Now it's that mentor. It's the Obi Wan now. It's the Obi Wan to their their Luke Skywalker. I I love using this analogy. So <laughs> is it pathetic? Like that all my favorite but it characters worked. are the same people. No, it's not. But no, because if if you break it down, and this is we're going beyond this now. But 
if you break down the the main components of those characters, you like people who are loyal to their friends and to their comrades, who are dependable, and who always, no matter what their gut feelings are, they go by what is ethically and morally right by their code first, and then everything else afterwards. And that's the things you grew up with, and that's, and honestly, that's what, and that, and that's why, you know, if you break it down further, Captain America and Obi Wan are kind of the same in one form or another. But this that's is the, the, the an time interesting for that idea for a crossover episode. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> which yeah. we will one day have. <laughs> but this is this this sets up that mentor role, right? So now gotcha. Falcon and Bucky have someone to go back to, and anything. Cap is more wiser now because he stayed back in time. He can see how his actions have repercussions. He can now say, this is true. yes, you can do this, but this is the things you might want to consider when doing it. So it makes him strong, it, but it also goes back to his intellect and his mm-hmm. cunningness. That, yeah, you can, you can punch through it, but the punching through is going to have more damage than mm-hmm. thinking through. So yes, these are things to consider, but that old me was more brazen and more aggressive. This newer form, and you even see it with Hulk too. This newer form of me, yeah, it's got that punch. It's not afraid to fight, but there's got to be other ways of fighting this battle besides with your. Me too. I like the way you put that. So that's gonna close out the MCU portion. Um. We're going to fly through cartoons because I already, I, I, I never want these episodes to be as long as they are, but yeah, here we, we are. <laughs> um, so for cartoons, there are a number of appearances Captain America makes. Uh, there have been a number of Avengers cartoons. There's Avengers Assemble, which ran from 2013 to 2018. Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, which ran from 2010 to 2012. Both of those are on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, I highly recommend checking them out. Um, Avengers Assemble, I like more than Earth Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but that's just me. Um, then there's the next Avengers Heroes of Tomorrow is really interesting. That came out in 2008, and that was on Netflix for a little while. What the concept of this show is, is the Avengers have children. And in this one, Cap and Black Widow have a child together. And they have a son, and his name is James. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp have a son. T'Challa has a son. Thor has a daughter. And they are all killed by Ultron. The only ones who are left are Dr. Banner, Hulk, who's really old, and Iron Man, who is really old, and Iron Man is raising the children in a Ultron-controlled world. Oh, and uh, Hawkeye has a son, but Hawkeye's son is leading the rebellion in the city, and he's not with the kids under Iron Man's protection. It's an animated special. It's pretty interesting. I've watched it. I've watched it more than once. If it's on... um. I have watched it more than once if it's on Netflix because it comes in and out of Netflix rotation. I will put it on if I'm in a Marvel mood for like background noise or a screensaver. Definitely something to just have in the background for fun. Um, There's Iron Man and Captain America, which came out in 2014. 
Marvel superhero event adventures frost fight. That is something that's really fun. And that came out in 2015. That is currently on Netflix. And that is where Captain America and the Avengers, and it's it's kind of like a mishmash of adventures because Captain Marvel is there. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy make an appearance in this one. But they have to help Santa Claus save the world. Loki wants to take out Santa Claus. And it's fun. It's, it's not it's not something I've watched more than once, but it's fun. It's a real lot of fun. It's cute, especially if you have kids. Um, Dave, Dave looks like there's something he wants to say in regards to that. I'm not a fan mm. of Christmas movies, um, but this is something that sounds like I might. I might watch just for the Marvel effect. It but, has a lot of a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings vibes because they make Santa a cross between a frost giant and an elf. And Santa, they I'm not kidding. They make <laughs> Santa sound really, you know, not to not to use this word. We already used it once, but I try to keep it as G as I can. But they make Santa sound pretty badass. He's he's like this magical, mythical legend who's like pretty strong and badass and loki wants to take him out uh they they make the north pole like one of the nine realms and santa's got guards who ride these giant reindeer and they have spears i'm telling you it gave me a whole new outlook on santa claus so this episode is definitely getting an e rating yeah uh, <laughs> But it sounds like they're borrowing a lot of mm-hmm. Norse mythology, which is weird because Marvel's Marvel likes to say they're borrowing from Norse mythology, but they get a lot of the mythology wrong. That's something totally different, and we're not going to go into that here no. on Captain America show. But yes, but um, that's something that I guess I will have to find. It's I if it, if I come across it's on it Netflix. on Disney Plus, it's on I Netflix. I know that's yeah. weird, but. I th- that's uh it's currently on Netflix because I watched it not too long ago and I was like I definitely have to include it into this episode. I mean that might be until the contract. I hope it out. makes its way over to uh Disney Plus because it's it's adorable. It's adorable, it's fun. Like I said, it's it's a great twist on things if you're into celebrating Christmas or you celebrate that holiday or if you're just looking for something fun and different with Marvel. I don't know. I thought it was fun. He's been in numerous Lego Marvel specials. He's made numerous appearances on the different Spider-Man shows or X-Men. Then there's Marvel's Future Avengers, which is the new, I think it's one of the newest renditions of an avengers tv show and that's from 2017 and it looks like it's anime style this one is on disney plus i tried to watch an episode of it and i couldn't get through it i'm not gonna lie i tried to watch uh the first episode i might go back and watch it again but it's like the avengers take on mentor they're in a mentor role and they're mentoring other people I didn't watch it too closely. I'm not going to lie. I don't know much about it. But yeah, so one of the reasons I like to bring up the animated shows is because I feel like the animated shows do very... They 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 really blend the comic book lore 
and the movie ver movie verse and they use both of both of those things together to either create new stories or introduce characters in a new way while making something new or retelling an old story and that's kind of what they did with star wars with like rebels and clone wars it really helped to expand the universe and i think that's something that marvel does beautifully and i feel like if it's that's something that Clone Wars taught me is everybody thought it was just a kid's cartoon meant to be for kids, but yet there's a lot of character development. A lot of it becomes canon. There's a lot of great story. And I feel like a lot of these cartoon series, like especially Avengers Assemble and Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I feel like they really do a great job of expanding the lore, character growth, expanding the story, and bringing in different or maybe lesser known characters into more mainstream media. Disney knows how to do right. Is Disney knows how to build off his franchises. Yes. So, like, I mean, you just mentioned it with Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars, The Mandalorian, Star Wars, the new sequel, whatever people want to say about that, it is building towards a lasting franchise. And even the MCU, especially with uh, Dimension Travel mm -hmm. now, the whole world, though, everything opens up. And so one thing Disney, and that's why Disney is as financially secure as they are, is that they know how to merchandise and how to build off the found, build off the foundations that they have. I agree. They, they, they know how to, they know how to make money. They know how to keep people interested and keep people coming back. But I think one of the things that Disney has or Disney strives to do is always tell a good story, whether or not it is a good story or they think it's a good story at the very heart of what they're trying to do. And that's something that Walt always strove for was it's all about the story. It's all about the characters. It's what pe keeps people connected and engaged and coming back. And I think that's something that they still do very well and that they still aim to do. All right. So that's what we have for cartoons. The multiverse. There are a ton of multiverses. Uh, there is Earth so 616, which is that the one, Dave, where uh, Red Skull is his son? Or is that another multiverse? That's another multiverse. That's multiverse. I think that's 1610 is that multiverse. I think 616 is ours. Like, it's the normal ah. canon one we that go might be, by. That might be the MCU. That might be the uh, DMCU okay. version. All right. I know under, when I was researching other multiverses, one of the ones that stuck out to me was there were a couple of different versions of Marvel's What If. One of them that I really want, it's, I don't think it's suitable for kids, so it probably wouldn't make the Disney Plus uh you know, episode, but there's an episode where Cap lives during the Civil War, and it's what if Captain America fought in the Civil War. Uh, he's featured where he, Stephen Rogers is a corporal, he is attached to a Northern Regiment, and Bucky is his um, colonel. Uh, his first mission turns out to be uh, an attack on a group of civilians, which because he's Cap and he's who he is. He refuses. Uh, Barnes shoots him, 
but he only wounds him. And when he is wounded, uh, an eagle attacks Bucky. And uh, when Steve is passed out, he kind of goes on this uh, like dream quest, which is something that you see in Native American culture. So he passes out and he goes on a dream quest where he has visions of an eagle chief. When he wakes, he's uh, greeted by Private Wilson, who is Sam Wilson, and he's brought back to the Native American reservation. Uh, Wilson believes that Steve's uh, vision means that he is destined to be the one that will bring union to all people. Wilson, he brings him like through a mystical ceremony, uh, but Bucky crashes the mystical ceremony and he is. So he crashes it. Steve is mystically given superhuman strength and a magical shield that can transform into an eagle. Uh, uh, and Bucky, I guess, turns into a fleshless skull. So you kind of see remnants of Red Skull there. Uh, he orders his men to fire and kill everyone. And Sam Wilson, unfortunately, is shot and dies. Uh, before the troops can escape, uh, Steve appears as Captain America. He captures Bucky and his men, and thanks to Captain America's involvement, the Civil War ends earlier than it does in our actual history. Abraham Lincoln is never assassinated. Captain America goes on to help the South rebuild after the war, suppresses the rise of the KKK, and as a representative of the Native American people, he is able to prevent the Native American Wars of 1870s. Uh, unfortunately, Bucky, who is now the White Skull, forms a group that is even more dangerous than the KKK. Uh, the descendants of both men continue fighting each other up until the present in this alternate universe. That is from a wiki article, and that's the What If episode I want. But that's just me, because I, if I'm not talking about pop culture, I'm talking about history. What's interesting is that they borrowed most of that from really? X-Men. So, in X-Men, Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine, is in the Civil mm. War. And his brother, Sabretooth, Sabretooth, is also in the Civil War. I did know that. And, yeah, no, so the whole Adam Minium thing comes in the 60s after uh, Future Past. And if for some reason I get any of this information wrong, please send us a tweet at uh, It's a Fans World or Operation History, and I can fix this. But, um, no, so in the movies and in the comics, Sabretooth and Wolverine both serve in the Civil War, I think on the Union side, um, because they already have their supernatural powers. They already have their mutations that keeps them mm -hmm. alive longer. But with Logan, it's not um, adamantium steel. It's regular bones that keeps him alive. Mm -hmm. So actually, the adamantium um, in the vibranium, in, in this case, if we're going to sweat things up, um, actually degrades his quality of health. So he already has his super abilities to self-heal and be timeless. So he serves in every major U.S. involvement from the Civil War until the modern, uh, until the modern war, uh, war. So the fact that 
it's funny that Disney went back and retconned that for Cap is is and Bucky is kind of interesting to see. Yeah, I I just I had never even heard of something like that. I didn't even know that that what if version existed. I did the only I don't know much about Wolverine or the X Men. The only thing I did know is that his brother is Sabretooth and that they both served in the Civil War. But that I just thought is that's really cool. But yeah. And then there's another version where Cap survives the plane crash. He never flashes, crashes the plane. Uh, he continues to work for the government alongside Bucky fighting communism in the 50s and 60s. And that one kind of goes on much longer than the other one did. And it gets very twisted. And eventually that one does not have as much of a happy ending. Um, Bucky gets killed. Cap kind of goes insane and ends up like deserting the government and whatnot so that one that one i, I don't know i like the other one better so actual yeah. u.s history tomato tomato all right uh one of the last things we want to talk about is video games um this is not an area i would excel in the only video game that came to my mind right away is the most recent Avengers video game, which came out in September 2020 for um, gaming consoles. I have yet to beat it. I have it for PS4. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with the game. I'm taking my time with it. I'm really in no rush to beat it. So uh, it's good. It's pretty standard. Have you guys ever played any Avengers games that you can think of that fit this category? Or any Captain America games, computer games, or anything? Yeah, uh, there really no. hasn't been much. No, honestly. Of a f development in this field. I, I play. I, I distinctly remember playing X Men on the Game Boy, though some type of X Men or something similar on the Game Boy, but mm. nothing for Cap. Cap, no. But I think I've played almost every. Spider-Man game from the early 2000s until yes. yes. the newest one. Those I have played because Spider-Man is the most remarkable superhero that Disney has right now and Marvel's ever had. Um, but I'm actually... I think the next game I get for the Xbox One will be the Avengers one because I, I kind of looked forward to that one. The, the graphics mm. kind of put me off, but if the story if the storyline's good and it says... If it does half the things it said it says it does by creating your character and all that, I'm fine with that. As a fan of Agents of Shield, I love the fact that they're introducing mm. Inhumans finally into like major. So I I I've heard what you've said about it, and I've done a bit of research, but I don't want to spoil myself too much mm. in case I do end up getting it. But I'm 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 kind of leaning toward it. It seems very good, and I again I just love the fact that they're bringing in Inhumans because. Ah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, if you haven't watched it, I agree. It, watch I it. think Ms. Marvel is a highlight of that game, and she's featured in all the trailers, so that's not really a spoiler. Um, I think she is a highlight of that game, mm -hmm. and I was very excited to see her. Um, Cap is pretty standard in that game. All the heroes are pretty standard in that game. They're all their usual attributes and characteristics. Um, we'll talk later about that game i i like i haven't beaten it yet so i can't give a full report um there are moments where 
I'm really into it. And then there are moments where I get very frustrated with it and I walk away. And as of right now, that's all I've got to say on it. It's a good game. If you're if you're a person <laughs> like me where you just want to play because it's an Avengers game and you love the Avengers and you want more time with the Avengers, then you'll enjoy it. So what you're saying is the game could be a totally different episode? If I ever beat it, sure. <laughs> and if you guys ever beat it, yeah. Um, I'm sure there have been books. I mean, comic books count as books. Um, I don't know if there have been any published novels or fan fiction type novels. Some novels that come out today, especially under the Disney label for different sets of characters, they might as well be published fan fiction. Does that stop me from reading them? No, it doesn't. Um, but <laughs> that kind of wraps up where we're at as far as different content and different categories for this episode. I've talked a lot about how much I love Captain America, so I'm not going to give any closing thoughts on Captain America because you already know where I'm coming from. But Dave, do you want to start us off? Do you have any closing thoughts on Captain America? I love Captain America. I'm, he's not, again, he's not my first favorite Avenger. Um, Thor will always play a special place in my heart, and that's for multiple reasons. Um, but I do like the character, because even with things in his world, his, his characteristics change a little bit, but his moral code mm -hmm. stays the same. And that's the big part for me, is that his moral and ethic code never changes. No matter what the situation is, and he's, and that's based off his own life experiences, his own, from things that he's read, because that's the other thing, is he becomes a very avid reader, he watches a lot of television to try and get caught up, but his mindset never changes that. What I'm doing is for the benefit of other people first, and if I benefit, fine, but I don't really care either way. Um, and it, if what I do hurts other people, then I need to remove myself from that situation and rectify what's going on for me if I'm the central cause of that problem. And that's the thing that I really gravitate to. And I kind of, I grew with that. And I kind of, I kind of, this is corny to say, I kind of live by, I, I try to live by that example. I try to, and I think that's the big thing about Captain America, especially the time period he came out and afterwards is their char characteristics that, people attached to and that's what they want to live by and that's the most striking thing for me is, yeah everyone wants to get rich like tony stark everyone has wants to have the brains like them like them but the moral code part and the ethical part it's not going to get you that money but it's going to be a lasting factor and people clinging to that i think is what stands captain america out more than anything at least from my perspective so he's not my favorite but uh He's got a he's got a lasting impression on him. That was very eloquent. I agree. Um, and yes, I think you do live by that moral code. You are that type of person where you are very self conscious and aware of what you're doing and how you're affecting other people, and that's why we love you. But I agree. Very eloquently put. I agree with everything. Kelly, what are your closing thoughts on Cap? Uh, um, on one hand, I don't think I could have said it better, and I think that's what makes me gravitate toward him as well. It's just his character and his morals and I, his ideals. And I think, similar to you, he's not, 
for me, it's Spider-Man. Like that's, that's my favorite, but, um, you know, Cap stands out and he, he sticks with you for those reasons. And very quickly, very, very quickly, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you know, um, if you've watched the movies, you know, that quote where it's like, if the whole world is telling you, you that something wrong is something right, you know, you plant yourself like a tree. And, um, I know in the movie, Sharon Carter says it, um, in the comic books, it's actually a conversation between Cap and Spider-Man in the Amazing Spider-Man number 537 issue. But um, I just I, I just really like that. And I feel like that's a nice thing, again, to just show his character and show how, like, how he stands up for truth and justice and for people. And I, yeah, I just, I love Cap. Cap always gets great quotes there's no shortage of yes. great great cap quotes from the i don't like bullies i can do this all day no you move there and again it they fit his character so well and i feel like you can sum up his character in those quotes he's tenacious yes. he's compassionate and kind he doesn't care about what happens to him he's very much and there's another quote that i just thought of it's you know he when he's talking to tony in the avengers and he's like, you don't know how to take the bullet for the other guy or crawl under the wire. And Tony's like, I think I'd just rather cut the wire. And Cap's like, you don't get it. You just, you don't get it. And, you know, that's that's who Cap is. All right. So, another marathon episode. <laughs> I never want to short, I never want to, like, constrain us and cut off good conversation. But... I don't know. I'm really looking forward to the day where we don't have two hour episodes. Actually, like, I mean, you know, us having these conversations, like, this would be an actual conversation we're having with Craig Lee right now. It would be going mm -hmm. on for literally this time. Actually, it would be longer than this. We'd be yes. pulling things apart. Yeah. So, I mean, we are, we are shortening it for the purposes of this audience, but realistically, like, this is, and this is short for us, and maybe this might be long for an audience, but this is how we typically talk. And like, I mean, again, like as as both of you, because you guys do an excellent job of doing this, as you guys talk and you're able to bounce off one another, um, this is an actual conversation. So yeah, it feels like forever, but it's because there's good dialogue and it makes everyone feel engaged. Thank you. That's always my goal. I if anything, we're a lot better on here than we are in real life. Is in in real life, we're like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, whoa, oh, 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 oh. that's accurate. That's very accurate. So we're a lot better here. So like, yeah, there's the the occasional like we'll interrupt each other once in a while, but at the same token, like if we're in real life, like we don't mean it in a disrespectful <laughs> way. It's like, but wait, yeah. oh, I I like that. Let's add on to that for X, Y, and we're Z. Passionate. Yeah. Yes, we're very yes. passionate. And we go off on tangents all the time. Yeah, so that was our episode on Captain America. Please reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. We've put out a couple of these now, and I we can see the downloads, so we know you're listening. But uh, let us know how we're doing. Reach out to us. Connect with us. Reach out to us at our email, which is it's a fans world podcast at gmail.com, or tweet at us at our Twitter, which I never remember. I have it written right here. At It's a Fans World P1. Reach out to us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Ask us questions. Tell us 
how we are doing. We are very eager to hear your feedback. That way, if we're doing something wrong, we can do it better. In the ever pursuit of moving forward, Kelly and I are always thinking about what we are doing next. And next month is December. While Dave is not a Christmas movie person, I am. <laughs> I, I am a big holiday person. I, I love all holidays. Christmas is my favorite holiday out of all of the holidays. So when Kelly and I, because Kelly and I brainstorm all of the episodes before they ever even hit the air. And we probably have two or three brainstorm sessions before we actually record. And when we were trying to think of what we wanted to do for December, there were so many things that we were both throwing around. So I said to her, I said, okay, let's break, we'll come back and we'll see what we bring to the table. And one of the few things that we both brought back to the table is a Disney movie, and it per and it worked because the technical next uh, content category in our four episode rotation is an animated movie. So Kelly, would you like to tell everybody at home what we're going to be talking about in December? Sure. For December, we have decided to do Disney Animation Studios' 2009 version of A Christmas Carol, of course, starring Jim Carrey. That is a movie I'm very excited to talk about. It's yes. It's an interesting version of that movie, and it's an interesting movie for Disney because, yeah, we'll get into it. But, yeah, so mark your calendars, tune in in the month of December for us to talk about the 2009 Disney version of A Christmas Carol. But that about does it for this episode on Captain America, this episode of It's a Fan's World for November. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. We always love having you as our armchair experts in all things Star Wars and now Marvel. Thank you, Dave. No problem. Before we leave, do you mind if I plug um, one oh, thing real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So, if you love hearing Maria's voice and my bearded straggly voice <laughs> um you can catch us at operation history we have posted a october about all the spookiness happening here in new england which is a great listen to by the way that's quick 30 minutes um also <laughs> <laughs> also if you do if something i said was controversial whatsoever or you disagree with me i'm cool with that you can tweet at me at baby dave at twitter so if you're trying to tweet at me, it's at Baby Dave. So that's the, the plugs I have for right now. Unless you have something else, Mario. Oh, yeah. I, I always want to plug Operation History. There are sister podcasts in our podcast network that we don't have a name for. We have to come up for a, with a name for our podcast network. I'm, because considering I'm on both shows, they're now a sister podcast. I'm saying that the podcast network should be down the hall, but that's just me. It's a fan's operation. <laughs> oh, both of those are really good. All right, we're, we're <laughs> T TBD. We'll let you know. Tweet us down the hall, which is a an old inside joke between us because uh, when we were all <laughs> on campus back at college, uh, we had a little storage closet that the history department at our school let us use to kind of it brainstorm. 
it was home. It was brainstorming and working together. And it was down the hall in the history department. So we always used to say down the hall. Blasting protest music. So either down the hall or what was yours, <laughs> Kelly? Blasting protest. Uh, oh, it's a day. fan's operation. fans operation tweet us email us let us know uh but yeah so that about does it for this episode kelly also it is as always thank you very much for joining me thank as my co-host we also just want to say that here at It's a Fan's World, we know that this time of year that there are many different cultures and religions that are celebrating different types of holidays. So we want to say that no matter where you are in the world or what you're celebrating, that we here at It's a Fan's World want to wish you happy holidays. If you're in America and you're celebrating Thanksgiving or a different religious holiday or even a different cultural holiday, we want to wish you happy holidays. And even if you're not in America, we also want to wish you a happy holidays. Whatever you're celebrating this year or at this time, may you have a safe, joyful, and wonderful holiday celebration. All right. So please download, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. We really appreciate all the love we get and the support we get. Uh, tweet us email us and we also have a facebook our facebook is it's a fans world at facebook so give us a like give us a follow give us a download we really appreciate and love all our fans but that about does it for the last time it's official that about does it for this month's episode of it's a fans world and we'll see you real soon organizations or studios mentioned in this podcast. The views and expressions of the hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent any companies or institutions that they currently work at or attend or have previously worked for or previously attended in the past. We thank you for listening and tune in next time to join us.